Welcome to Empowered Conversations. I'm your host, Susie Petrozzi. This podcast will take you on a journey of personal growth and self-discovery through conversations with special guests that will inspire you to live the life of your dreams. Get ready now for an Empowered Conversation. My guest today is Cindy Hurley Leister. Um, Cindy is an international executive coach, co-host of Brave Transitions podcast. For over a decade, Cindy has held a full load as a corporate HR, working closely with senior executives to solve their people and culture challenges around the world. And this experience gave her a deep understanding of how it feels and looks to lead at the top and no doubt understanding what is it that people need as well. Cindy is originally from Germany and in 2019, she decided to make a change to serve a wider community of leaders and spend more time in Australia where her husband um, comes from. She now resides in the Blue Mountains and she's also a mother to two daughters and a son and she's passionate about ethics and girls stepping up and my sense is that she is just passionate a passionate, all-rounded, kind of curious, open-minded um, woman who is willing to go the distance and willing to surrender, which is why I wanted to speak to her. So, Cindy, thank you so much for joining me on Empowered Conversations. Yeah, thank you, Susie, for the lovely introduction. Now that's, yeah. That was wonderful. Oh, you're welcome. Well, tell me, tell me a little bit about your journey. You are, your, you know, you grew up in Germany. Tell me a little bit about that and then where that journey took you, how you came to um, um, <laughs> Australia. Yeah. And um, yeah, it does seem far off, right? Just hearing you like this. Yeah. It's, it's, um, um, yeah, what, what can I share about my journey? Well, I grew up in really a small, like mid, oh, like, yeah, mid-sized town near in a suburban area, like in the middle of Germany near Frankfurt. I would say I'd had a very, you know, steady <laughs> childhood, um, you know, kind of working middle class. Um, my parents, yeah, they, they didn't have, like like an academic background but I mean there were you know education was important and um and my mom grew up on a farm so that's actually something I now reflect more and more being a parent myself that I think she had a rougher childhood she always had to work from early on at the same time she was very resourceful and yeah and just curious and really only with eight years of school you know made it um yeah, to 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 meet my dad and really stay independent and autonomous and and while still you know running our family. So um, um, yeah, I would say I had a you know pretty standard German middle class childhood, and it was always this like urge for me to explore and have adventures and. Yeah, just I, don't know, I always felt like there must be something else, right? There must mm. be something more, um, and that yeah, and I think that curiosity um, for for the world out there and for connecting with people that that has been with me and is really now realizing more and more, right? In the second half of our life, as we do our kind of also self discovery work, I really noticed that that's always been with me and I have a brother and he's the total opposite. Like he likes mm-hmm. to stay where, where he is. He's still um, in that area. And, 
So it's, yeah, and, and, and my parents, they've always encouraged that and let me really, yeah, well, it's still grounding me and, you know, in that mid-sized town and I know my dad would love if I lived there as well and maybe in the evening their house, you know, and, mm. and I was still there. But I, yeah, they always let me also grow wings and explore and, um, and from there, I, I did a youth exchange year when I was 16, and that was a really formative experience. I went to the U.S. Yeah. by myself. I lived with this couple who were quite young. I went to high school, and that was the first time when I realized, well, there is this world out there to explore, right? There is something yeah. else. There's a yeah. different culture. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, and all those possibilities. So I was really... How all. old were you, Cindy, when you did that? I was 16. Wow, that is really young. If we, I mean, if we think about it, right? Because our, as far as I know, our, our, I know maybe, maybe in high school they do offer that, but certainly not at the moment. But what a, what a wonderful opportunity. And tell me just briefly, what did that open your eyes to? Oh, really just everything. <laughs> and I, rem- I remember you do those. It's, it's an NGO. It's called Youth for Understanding. And I'm, I'm so grateful for, you know, the work they do. And it was really founded after World War II mm. among Americans and Germans to really like, you know, have a little, like little contribution towards world peace because their belief was that if you as a, you know, in that formative, in those formative years as a teenager, if you're, if you're, a, you're still able to fully immerse in a different culture, but just by day-to-day life, right? Just by mm. living with another family and just, you just adapt so so much easier than when you're, you know, even in your twenties or thirties, or even now as in like in your forties, right? Or fifties. So and just by adapting and just noticing and not judging, you know, they had this yeah. saying, we get the seminar, this cultural kind of orientation before we went. And they had this saying kind of like, it's not good, it's not bad, it's just different, right? So I yeah. never I never thought about stuff like this. You know, for me culture was I uh, eat spaghetti in Italy and, you know, like in Germany, you schnitzel. And I, I never realized that this is all just the tip of the iceberg and exploring what is underneath that mm. um, is where really the magic happens. And maybe not even just talking about it, I realized maybe that was already the foundation, you know, for becoming a coach because mm. that's ultimately what we do people like discover for themselves right what is like underneath yeah yeah Um, yeah. how how formative like I'm just I really want to go back to that introductory kind of seminar to before you went to the US when they say it's not bad it's different like that is like that is that must have been so formative at such an age where you know 16 is all about that real sense of being different from the world and then there's a lot of judgment that comes in particularly of yeah. oneself at that time so when you came back to germany i'm just wondering what kind of a person were you like what changed for you i imagine you know that your perspective on the world was so much wider but was there anything on a practical level or anything even by way of looking at things that changed significantly? Yeah, no, that's a great question. And yeah, I mean, so many things changed for me. Like, I, But one one of the more unexpected things was before I left, and as you mentioned, right, when you're 15, you're seeing like the most important thing in your life are your friends and like your, your peers and the 
who likes you and who doesn't. Right? Mm. And I don't know. I grew up, and, and my parents were always very. Maybe it's, it's also a bit German culture. It's, it's very liberal. So thinking back at the things I did as a fifteen-year-old girl, like I'm like, oh my goodness, you know, mm. we went to Frankfurt <laughs> to the airport. There was like this club, this techno club scene. It was a very vibrant scene and you know like also of course a little bit like superficial you know things that matter and I I realized when I was in the U.S. and I mean staying with a couple and and my host mom I mean she's just yeah she just opened up her house to me you know but she was 28 so she was really young and Mm. and struggling herself with you know relationship and but she was, I mean, she was so kind and her parents were really kind. And, and, but yet what I, what I, what I noticed and what really stood out for me was, well, that I missed my family the most, you know, my mm-hmm. parents and, 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 and also what I had with my family, like, you know, living with a couple who's on the edge of divorcing, right? I mean, I didn't, mm-hmm. that wasn't always a pleasant experience. So it was tough at times too. I felt lonely. I mean, back then there was internet had just started. There was email, like no, like rarely anyone had emails. Mm. And so it's, I think I spoke to my parents every other week, like for half an hour. And that was it, right? Other than that, I was like fully immersed in, in into like the teenage culture yeah. in the US. And yeah. so, yeah, so really not kind of like, a little bit maybe like now in the pandemic, like, you know, realizing, hold on, what is really important to me and what is, you know, mm. what, yeah, and it's, 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 it's family. And yeah, now that I remember that, that was, and also, I mean, I guess the other thing I learned early on was also on kind of gender equality, because even at that orientation seminar, the one kind of exercise or what, you know, thing that they did with us was they did a role play about a culture mm. where it seemed like from just the behaviors that the woman was inferior to the men, like the men would sit up, you know, and would like, have, yeah, show certain behaviors that we would judge as, oh yeah, the man is kind of the boss who leads the way. And then once we went through that exercise, it was like, no, hold on there, just more, um, kind of memeing and indigenous culture, you know, where, where, where everything is related to, to, to Mother Earth and that's where the power is and the closer you are to Earth, you know, the more, and there's a big story around it, but mm. it was so eye-opening for me, mm. challenging my own assumptions and, yeah, just how I grew up and what, what you know, as a woman you can do, as a girl you can do. And, mm. and that made so much sense to me. And then living with a 20-year-old woman, you know, care for herself, you know, divorce her husband. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't work out. It was, I mean, that, that I think laid a foundation too for, yeah, just knowing that I'm in my own power and I'm, and, and I can make use of that if I need to. Mm. And, and yet, you know, having spoken to you and continuing to now find out more about you, you are in your own power, but family is also quite important to you. And yeah. I sometimes wonder, Cindy, I, I'd like to know from you, given how, given this beautiful experience that you've had at such a young age, sometimes we feel like we can only do one or the other. Um, mm. and, and, you know, that, that's a big sweeping generalization. I understand that, but I suppose sometimes women, um, 
I don't know, maybe that family can be a little bit having a family, you know, that there is that role of a woman bears the kids. And so sometimes it could be seen as, well, I'm going to fall into that role of dependence, having to look after my kids. And it's almost like having to choose. But, you know, here you are, someone who's gone through um, quite an empowering experience at such a young age, at 16. And had the support of your family, which is such a blessing, right? I mean, we all have challenges, understandably. But you have three kids. You're a mother of three kids. You're a wife. Um, how do you live your power and still be a mum and do all of those things that, um, you know, you're expected to do? Yeah. No, that's, I never made the connection. That's a great, that's a great question. Um, and I think those years really set me up for, mm. you know, not giving up one for the other. Mm. Um, and sometimes it's hard. I mean, I don't say it's easy. Like I find parenting is, you know, the most challenging things in my life. Right. And Hands really, down. Hands yeah. down to that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like my supervisor, you know, this is a of, we do supervision to reflect Rome or right. And my supervisor was like, yeah, we were in this group and some, Two other moms said the same thing, and she was like, "Wow, finally, everyone thinks that, but finally, some you know, moms actually say it out loud, right?" So, <laughs> yeah, um, interesting. I don't, I don't yeah, I don't want to, you know, appear that it all just comes easy to me. But um, at the same time, for me, it was never, I was just never in question giving up. Mm. Yeah, my my like being dependent on, yeah, on 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 on. on like someone else or but I think it's a mix of really how my like what my mom instilled with me and I even going back even before like my kind of my lineage right I know that my mom had two aunts she didn't know them but my my mom is an older sister who is also very strong independent she's you know she's a woman she's not married she doesn't have kids Mm. and she told me about they had those two aunts who were known after the war in their kind of village community as the dollar sisters <laughs> because yeah. they, they, yeah, they didn't want to be married. They didn't, they weren't looking for a husband and they just, they just worked for Americans and found but sneaky ways of supporting, you know, the whole village. Wow. So, Isn't that brilliant? Yeah. Isn't that brilliant? Yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah. And they call like Dollar Vesta and that's what they were called apparently. And it's, and I'm just finding out those things, you know, in the past years yeah. of my journey as a coach and as a parent. And, and I think, so I think it's been part of what was giving to me early on, like, mm. you know, and, and my husband, I mean, it's, it's interesting because a lot of people now, even with my story and, you know, I found, yeah, I found this war. I, I mean, I study, I went to study and had a lot of adventures. And then I met my husband when I was studying and he was studying in Germany as well. And that's how we met, but he's a musician, right? So, mm. It was always quick. It was also never, that may be also what was out of question for me, like to rely financially on him because mm-hmm. it's really hard to make a living, you know, as a jazz musician. And, and, and yeah. And, and, and I had the story for a long time that I couldn't be self-employed because he's already, you know, freelancing and has this portfolio work kind of. And then part of my coach kind of training was also realizing that this was just something I was telling myself, you know, that I still had, I also have to have the power to say, yes, I can change my lifestyle or, you know, look on how we can make this work. And, 
And that was such, I remember that feeling. That was such a revelation, like acknowledging that and not blaming him or our circumstance for, you know, the choices I make around my work. And I mean, it still then took like five years, right? From that revelation Mm -hmm, to, mm -hmm. to executing on that. But, but interestingly enough, I mean, that, and then that, that led us to the U.S. and I was an expat there. And now we're here in Australia and everyone assumed, not everyone, but a lot of people assume that, you know, I am the kind of standby wife, you know, and he's like, it's his career that, that led us to all those places. Mm. Um, so there's still so much stigma and. It's interesting, prejudice. isn't it? Yeah. Around that, you know, that women, it's okay for women to be depending and just follow along. Mm. And men have to be, and it's hard for men too, because then men are expected to be the strong, right? And yeah. always be the one who create that, um, have that strong shoulder, you know, that you can lean on to. Whereas, yeah, and that's the space I'm exploring more and more. How can I balance that power and that strength and that courage maybe, you know, that was given to me, but also with, you know, with more heartfelt and empathy. And that's maybe what I have to learn more after 15 years in the corporate space, how then to, again, you know, um, yeah, follow my passion and, and from a heart-centered space. Mm-hmm. So you've, uh, yeah, you know, as you share that journey, it's very clear that you've made some big transitions in your life from Germany, you went and worked to the US, and then I believe from the US you came to Australia. Yeah. Um, so were they, were they big decisions that required, um, courage to make? Um, well, looking, like looking back, I guess, yes. Right. And that's what Mm. people tell me, our friends, you know, people know me well. That's what, yeah, they, they, they like about me or they say they seek inspiration. Yet it's interesting that. It never felt like that, right? It never, like, I never, I mean, I felt, of course, I felt the fear as everyone else does, mm-hmm. right? That's that's what keeps you from making those decisions. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, pushing through that fear or kind of, you know, going, okay, now I have to pull, if I don't pull the trigger now, it's like, I know. Mm. It's not, you know, like, I guess I was always more scared of get being stuck in the status quo and... Yeah, and then that that helped me to really pull the trigger, and yeah, and and but it's interesting. I so I do this podcast around brave transitions, and almost everyone we interview, right, where we like, oh wow, that's a really brave transition, you know. Mm. And they 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 all have the same sentiment. They say, well, yeah, they 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 don't they don't feel brave. Mm. Um, it's more people putting that label onto their decisions. But I right. guess I mean, they're object yes. decisions, right? So I don't want to minimize that as well. Yeah, yeah. I see what you mean. So in that moment, um, there is a lot of emotion around those transitions, but you, when you're in it, you're, you're, I'm sure that there was a buildup of decision-making to get to that point, but it may not seem like, oh, that was a brave thing to do or that took courage or confidence or trust. Um, and yet perhaps looking back, it, it was, you know, you needed to back yourself in that decision. But yes, maybe it's more obvious to the outside <laughs> world yeah. that that's what it would have required. Um 
because they're big to move to move anywhere it's a big country to start again it's yeah it's a big country especially if you have a family you're planning on having a family and um yeah you know just I suppose and, and yet I think I don't know I'm curious to ask you this Cindy I mean, decisions to make big decisions, it can bring, bring on anxiety and fear. Yeah. Um, and there are many, maybe at any one point, there are a few choices that one can go with. Um, how do you, how do you know what's the right choice for you when you're making a decision? Like, how do you, do you spend Um, time alone? Do you kind of tune into yourself? Do you meditate? And no, it's it's great that that you go in that direction because just recently I realized, okay, I think decision making actually comes easy to me. Like it's, Mm. and I have this bias for action, I think. Maybe it also comes from that resourcefulness, right? And from, I don't know, just, yeah, how I grew up and people who meet my mom, they're like, oh yeah, now I can see, you know, where that pragmatism comes from and that. And of course, sometimes, you know, maybe then it's, you know, you don't want to like jump from one place to the other. And I'm working on also grounding myself and, you know, like checking in is like, is that me, the restless, <laughs> is the restlessness kicking in? You know, uh-huh, do I just need some uh-huh. thrill? Um, yet I truly believe, and that's what I just learned also in conversations with my husband, because he's not, he doesn't like to make decisions, um, is, I, I truly believe there is no right decision. And there's just research around that coming up where I don't know if you talked about the jam, the jam experiment, right? Where they, you're in a supermarket and if you have 30 different choices of jam versus if you only have three, mm. like if you have 30, you're less likely to actually buy jam because <laughs> so, <laughs> you're so overwhelmed. Yeah. And that's what, and I heard about that in the design your lives. Yeah, I did. So I did do, I mean, I, I supported myself. So I did do some, you know, workshops and some methods. I had to coach myself. It's not like I'm totally, you know, just on my, like in my own universe and figuring it out all by myself. Mm. So I do, I do know, I guess, when, when I need support. Yeah. And then I look for validation of, of my kind of, yeah, why, and, and also for challenges, you know, is this really the right thing? And there, my husband is really great. Mm. Yeah, it's a great, it's a great um, kind of, how do you say, like a check and balances, right? Because yeah. he thinks so differently to me. Um, it's great But to I have really that. believe, yeah, no, it's great. And it's, I really believe there is no right decision and that's how I approach things. And then mm. what helps me then to move through the fear is having, you know, some sort of safety net. I love so, that. There is no yeah. right decisions. And, you know, the other one that I'm learning um, is – make mistakes. That one's been a big one for me. I mean, I think that you yeah. and I were talking about this and I said, one of my defaults in the past or limiting beliefs comes from being a perfectionist. And you said, mm-hmm. I don't think for me it's a perfectionism <laughs> for you. It was something on the other end of the spectrum. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think we're, exactly. We're very happy. Like, yeah, we had that conversation when we met. And I yeah. Thought- and that's, I mean, so you can imagine my husband, well, he wouldn't say that about himself, right? But he's more on that spectrum. So that creates tension, of course. And we're like learning after 15 years of you know, relationship how to like stay above the line and manage that, yeah, in, you know, yeah. in, a, in a loving way. 
But it's exactly this. I believe, yeah, it's like I always think what is the worst thing that could happen? And I remember, and then it was, and that was one thing kind of that keeps me safe then, right? Knowing, well, what is the worst thing that could happen? Mm-hmm. And the other one that really helps me is kind of really this, like, I'm, I'm, I guess I, I'm a very visual person and, and that's when I realized that I love also coaching, right? And I have like other people to, 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 to find their vision and to, to really work on, well, what is it that you want instead? You know, mm-hmm. what is not working right yeah. now for you? Yeah. And, and, and I guess maybe my adventures and that's what I just learned also or reflected on for, for our conversation is I think all the adventures and, you know, being a different culture has really helped me to, you know, like be okay, like paying the price for being myself. Yeah. <laughs> this is also another yeah. concept around psychological safety, where it's like, you know, is it expensive in your organization or in your company or whatever to be yourself, right? Mm. And and I think I'm really okay. I mean, some people even now ask me, how did you, you know, manage to stay in the, like a very traditional male-oriented scientific, you know, science, mm-hmm. scientists also tend to be, you know, more risk averse and really go deep, like in this, you know, company for 15 years. And I think it was really, yeah, it was, I always was, I mean, I adapted as well, like you need to find ways to connect, but really like, yeah, in the end, knowing you, there's no other way of not like than than being yourself and following, you know, your kind of your energy and trusting that. And, mm. and yeah, and that I think helped, helped me and then also helped my husband to, because we were in the U.S. And then, of course, having other people around you. I mean, that helps me too, right? Mm. When we were in Germany, everyone thought we were crazy to move from Germany with two kids to the U.S., you know. And then yeah. I surprisingly fell pregnant again with a third child. So some people might think, how do you surprise you fell pregnant? But it's like, it does it happen. Yeah. <laughs> it does happen. Like we had really, we had already picked, we'd done like, you get those as an expert, you get a look and see trip. And we picked this beautiful apartment with a, you know, rooftop terrace with <laughs> a view on Manhattan, but really small, you know, what we had before. And then, yeah, uh, seven weeks before we were, you know, supposed to leave Germany to start, you know, my expert assignment, I realized I'm pregnant again. And, and, and yeah, and then we just decided, well, now we already, like, we almost, we already packed boxes and stuff. We said, well, of course, we're still going to do it. So we were there in the U.S. And, well, and then everyone in Germany thought, are you still going? You know, people at my work really, like, they asked, mm. are you still going to go? And even my, I remember my doctor, he was, he was like, are you, you still want to go to the U.S., you know? So, um, but I had this, I was like, I'm not going to now say, like looking back, you know, at the end of my career and then thinking, oh, now I'm not going to go anywhere. That was just not an option for yeah, us. You know, right. we had already put so much effort and energy into into making that journey. And that's mm. awesome. was also like, no, we're not doing it. So everyone thought we were crazy doing that. And then you come to the, U- we came to the U.S. and we met families too, you know, that moved, we met this Canadian family and that moved. I know that it moved so much more than we did. And they were these, you know, loving, amazing people. And you just meet other people who are, you know, more, or I think, yeah, anything is possible if that's important to you, right? And of course, you have to look yeah. at the consequences. Yeah. But that really, like, I don't know, encouraged us to really follow mm. our own way and not, 
and make it work for us as a family and not for, you know, the company or Mm. for our parents or, you know, whoever has it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So what, you know, so far what you've just shared with me, which is really, you know, the essence of your own journey and who you are is that, um, you know, something that doesn't feel right is no is not an option for you. Um, decision making has you've never had a problem with that, and that anything is possible. And I, you know, when I when I kind of bring that to the forefront of our conversation, I wonder how much of certainly your own upbringing, being you know fairly liberal, growing up in Germany, but also that 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 you know being exposed to so many different cultures, and kind of thinking, well, this is different. Like difference is what makes the difference in one's life. It expands the you know horizon the thinking and I just love that love what you've shared so far it is inspiring um Cindy what I want to know now is um you're in the blue mountains now you've got your little ones at home there's you know home learning schooling whatever you want to call it happening (laughs) what are you learning about yourself about life what are the biggest lessons that are coming your way now (laughs) yeah that's a great question well, now looking, and I love how you summarize the essence of our conversation. <laughs> so I can see, oh, I would love to be coached by you. <laughs> um, yeah, because that made that really resonated with with me. And I think what you're asking now is, what am I learning now? Is mm. really, oh, you know, relaxing. Actually, you know, just mm. not having all those expectations around what I need to do, but also what my kids need to do, what my husband needs to do, you know. Mm. I'm really unlearning performance a little bit in a way. You know? I mean, in my when I wrote my kind of, when I started my business, and, you know, you always need to write stuff about yourself or, yeah. you know, for other companies where you want to work for or freelance for. And I always had this line of I love people, I love places, and I love performance. Mm. I think performance has been such a driver you know, in the last kind of, you know, when you even at uni and then you look for your first job and you mm-hmm. just start out and and now like I'm in my mountain life as I call it here, you know, and, and that's how we met, right? There's so yeah. many beautiful people, you know, like Emily and, and others, you know, the my parents I meet through my kids who really live in a different pace. Mm-hmm. And I never and, and I'm just like it's my second year here, right? And I'm just slowly wow. starting to take that on. It really takes time to like allowing myself time to like really then transition and mm. realizing this is what I need right now, but this is also what my, my, my family needs. And it doesn't mean my work is less important to me or mm. I am less important, right? Yeah. So this is what I'm exploring more. Yeah. I, Relaxing. I, yeah. I I love that. You know, um I love hearing that because it just maybe because it speaks to a part of me that's learning that as well. <laughs> but I there's yeah. there's definitely an element of trusting that. It's like, well, that's what it is. That's where I'm at and um the performance part is such a huge place, such a huge role having you know, lived all of us, I'm not just speaking for myself, in a very doing action-oriented society. And you mentioned you are naturally um, an action taker. Yeah. 
that to really come into a different kind of state and yeah. to come to know that and to settle into that is so hard for us. Um, I know it's a challenge for me, you know, challenge mm. to just like le- even leading up to our conversation, there was frustration with my younger one because I couldn't help her and I said, I need to go now, but I'll be back. And mm. and so being with that, learning to be with that in a different way is um for me, a big um, invitation every day, every day. Yeah, every day, yeah. <laughs> Home learning especially, right? I mean, I'm glad when the, those invitations are gone, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to what is it, November yeah. 9th or something. Yeah, yeah, wake yeah. the countdown, exactly. Yeah, but no, it's, it's yeah, no, thank you mm. for, yeah, for also sharing that about yourself because, mm. and look, and it's, it's, it's how to, and I love how you said how to, approach it differently right because mm. there are and, and now i'm meeting people you know in my community but also coaches or you know or even yeah even yeah i mean i'm meeting this world out there again which mm. you know is or even i'm in the sheo community you know that's an amazing community of women who just give and take what they have, right? Mm. And it's full of radical generosity. Cindy, can you tell me about the Shio community? I'm not familiar with it. Yeah, so this is another, I discovered that last year, and it's really, yeah, I, when I looked for, as a coach, you were, I mean, you, know, you work a lot by yourself, right? You have individual sessions, um, and, I, so, and I'm very, I, I, people give me energy, right? So, mm. And it's also how maybe I learned how to, immerse into cultures, right? Just by being with the people of that culture. And, and so I tried different things and I landed with, with the, with, with the Shio community. And it's, yeah, it's, it's founded in Canada, um, by Vicky Shona. She's, yeah, she's, she's worked in the NGO world a lot. She's an entrepreneur herself, but she really makes, doesn't make it about her, but about, you know, all the women in the community and the ideas that you activate, you give, you give uh, money to, and then, to to other women who have social enterprises mm. and you you get to be with those women and you 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 also vote on you know who gets the kind of the, the funds and and really trying to create a new system instead of changing and wasting energy changing mm. you know existing systems around venture capital but really creating our own system and along comes along with it comes um yeah also a lot of learning about indigenous cultures um about you know just how can we really yeah they assume that we have everything we need we just need to ask right Mm. what we need and and then if we can give something we give it's amazing yeah thank you for sharing that that's really incredible i i i I imagine that this is probably what we're going to see more and more of you know these kind of community organizations that are supporting um yeah, like you said, social enterprises, people who really want to make a difference. Um, and speaking of, of um, you know, of making a difference and, and um, some of what you've just shared with me, I'm, I'm curious, um, Cindy, what is your, I'm curious to know what is your vision for your life here? Mm, that's a big question. <laughs> oh, isn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, I kind of, and maybe that's how I always went about, right? I mean, if you had asked me three years ago and I would <laughs> run my own business out of the Blue Mountains, which, I mean, I know the area because my in-laws live here. So, 
but yeah, out of the blue mountains, you know, coaching people around the world and even running, I run trainings in Germany, you know, for telecom company. And I mean, I would have thought it was crazy, right? So also Amazing. really also trust whatever opportunity is going to unfold, right? Yeah. And so, but what I, and I was going to mention it included earlier is really, I, I started to trust more, you know, like the time and the journey that we have, you know, and now, Right, I think we're a similar age group. Like you're in the middle of your life, maybe mm-hmm. approaching the second half of your life, and there's still hopefully so much time left, right? Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, doing more of what I love, you know, having coaching conversations, supporting people with, you know, with yeah, finding their balance, um, and and also with my family, you know, kind of making sure everyone in my family has that, what they, you know, what they need and so that they can grow and in, in, in the community. I mean, really think now the theme will be more, maybe less about myself and more about how can I serve, mm. yeah, serve others with that energy and, yeah. And really, yeah. And I, I learned this, um, the, we interviewed someone yesterday, my, you know, my colleague and I, and then he said, um, and I love that he could create more, consume less. So maybe that's going to be my vision. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I look forward to listening to your podcast. Um, I've just taken a look before we, um, before we um, started to um, have our empowered conversation and it's, it is so important what you're doing. And um, I, I think that those conversations are important and, um, thank you for your work. I mean, I've loved, I've loved talking to you. You have so much to offer and there are so many, um, there's so much strength and, you know, so much wisdom from your own journey that, um, you're sharing. Um, and I know that doesn't matter who you, who you come across, you, uh, you know, to me, you're someone who's really willing to make a difference and share part of yourself where you feel it's appropriate and um you know and if the opportunity is there so thank you cindy thank you for this time together well thank you Susie, and thank you for leading this wonderful conversation that's been yeah i've learned so much about myself again (laughs) that's the idea sometimes thanks cindy on the other side right it's good to have that experience (laughs) sometimes yeah thank you cindy Thanks for joining me today on Empowered Conversations. Subscribe to the show now and then head over to my Facebook page, Susie Petrozzi, for free personal growth and self-discovery tools that you can use today to be present, be powerful and be on purpose. See you next time for Empowered Conversations.